pull up a bar stool. I'm back. I've got John Robinson, my backup CEO, business manager, back on with me. And we're going to go back in time a bit. We're going to talk rock bottom for entrepreneurs. And this this was a little tough for me to to go back and re-experience, right? What, what was my rock bottom? And both as an entrepreneur, maybe even in life. And I think there's just some really important um, skills that we learn from hitting rock bottom. So this may not be the most uplifting in the beginning, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So especially if you're struggling right now, whether it's life in general or entrepreneurship, um, I think we can help you. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week we invite you to the virtual pub. We get drunk on entrepreneurship. So today, it, which Andrew Foxwell is slacking on me. He keeps canceling like every every month. He's, he's a busy guy. It's not because he doesn't like me. But uh, that means JR, every week it's all JR show. Welcome back, Thank JR. You. And that's bad that You're he welcome. is canceling. We'll have to talk to him. Oh, is it, are we going to give him a message he can't refuse or a, yeah, an offer he can't it's refuse? A mafia offer. Are we going to wrap a fish and, and, and sleeping with the fishes horse, or something? something. No, there. See, shows how much you know. So Luca Brazzi was shot. They wrapped his uh, bulletproof vest. Or wrapped a fish in his bulletproof vest and it sent a Sicilian message that he was sleeping with the fishes. I know all about the horse's head. Jeez, that's too obvious. What are you drinking, JR? Well, today is a, a new day. I'm drinking a Miller Lite. That looks delicious. So, um, since I couldn't have JR drink it by himself, I had to dig through my stash and I, I know those who are original pubcast listeners are gonna be disappointed because back in the day i'd have like a cool new craft beer every week right and then i start getting old i'm like i can't keep doing this uh and then i like to have water it was i think it was the jr influence he kept having water and I'm like why am i doing this? so i started having water so jr is having a nice high quality miller light so i dug through my fridge and we have one beer left and it is an eight ounce bud light <laughs> eight ounce can of what's bud the light. date on it what's now the date on the bu- bottom oh they have, they have oh uh oh. i already opened it uh oh it's filling so now it's seven ounces <laughs> <laughs> that's all i wanted to see <laughs> he spills it for those that are listening to this so, uh, I have we have wine and stuff. I'm not gonna have wine in the book. All right. Well, cheers. cheers. Cheers to you. Oh, that is delicious. And I don't care what anybody says. When it's like Bud Light, it doesn't matter if it's brand new or if it's five years old. It doesn't taste great. It tastes less tastes filling. like Bud Light. Especially right. the eight ounce version. 
All right, what you got today for me? Let's see where this goes. We're gonna we're gonna have a good old fashioned conversation about rock bottom. And for those entrepreneurs out there, everyone's rock bottom is unique. It's relative. Uh, what may be someone's rock bottom may not be someone else's. So I just want to talk to you about rock bottom. And when you were feeling rock bottom, uh, not only in your entrepreneur life of the last seven, eight, nine years, but just in general and how you handled yourself. Now, before we get into that, I have a little story that I didn't realize I was going to tell, but I'm going to tell it now. And the reason why rock bottom is so important to me this week is due to the fact that a couple of weeks ago, and for those that see me, um, they can see that I have a necklace on. And it looks like kind of a little arrowhead necklace. One of one. It was made for me. And I was sitting having a drink with, uh, I'll call it a drinking buddy, at like the cheers of my neighborhood. And this buddy, drinking buddy, uh, I have to say that because I wouldn't describe him as a great friend, just a guy that I run into at the bar. So he described himself as being really down. And he said that, you know, he thought of suicide. And mm-hmm. it was it was kind of rattling to me because I'd, I'd never heard anybody step up and really sounds, I don't even know if I had ever heard anybody say that, but to be serious as well. So it startled me and I, in the moment, took off my necklace and handed it to him. And I said, I said, this necklace represents like my strength. It represents my will, my grit. Um, It's a symbol of that. And that's why I wear it. And I said, I am going to let you wear it for the next seven days and bring it back to me in seven days. So as for those that can see me, it, I have it on my neck. And yeah, he gave it back to me seven days later. But it struck me to create a worksheet, another worksheet that you know we've been talking about creating um, called Rock Bottom. And you know I'm going to walk through that worksheet with you, John, and just ask you some questions that... Uh, they kind of give you mindfulness on what, what rock bottom is and what it isn't. All right, that's my short story. Okay. okay. Uh, rock bottom. Do you remember a rock bottom time for you and what it was? <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, I think, um, I think especially sticking to the theme of the entrepreneur, uh, getting laid off a second time uh, pretty much makes you question your value and not only your value to a a company but also whether you can provide for your own family which was my primary role and responsibility so that was certainly a rock bottom moment and then I would say (laughs) was a string of rock bottom after that moments of like Still, what what am I doing? I mean, I uh, applying for jobs, I guess. Uh, not bringing any money. Uh, 
feel like I'm letting my wife down, my family down. Man, I think there was definitely it's, it's tough to say after that. That was cer- certainly a rock bottom moment, but finding the true rock bottom moment after that, I'm not sure if I can isolate it. It's just there's lots of stuff. I can't hear you. Oh, I don't yeah, know if it's because I, I just hit the hit the mute. Um, how does it feel? How did it feel to be laid off? Well, luckily I had some experience mm-hmm. in it. Um, yeah, it's weird. It wasn't completely unexpected, but it's a phone call that I I just. It's it's tough it's tough to take and I'm sure it's tough to give too. Um, I actually remember the first time I was laid off probably better than I remember the second time because I think that was more of a surprise. I wasn't expecting it. I remember kind of you know trying to continue the conversation while also being completely distracted and also almost like hyperventilating almost. I mean it was a uh, thinking about like what the heck am I going to do um, so when it was a surprise I, I guess that was even more of a rock bottom as opposed to everybody else is getting laid off now it's my turn I got laid off too alright <laughs> which is kind of what happened the second time where did, where did it show up in your body and what I mean by that is like where was the feeling you know, was it in your stomach? Was it in your head? Like, where was the feeling the moment you heard that you were let go? Well, that first time okay. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So, I mean, consider it anxiety or whatever. I don't know. Because it, it's not an experience I'd like to have. But um, it's one of those where like, I had difficulty it wasn't like emotion so much it was like I couldn't breathe it was like what yeah well I I asked that because I'm going through exercises now to work in experiences where it's in my stomach and for me when I've been laid off I've been laid off like eight times for big companies big mergers big severance packages so by the time like six, seven, eight, that it was nothing. But in the first couple, it hurt my stomach. It was like me not wanting to, to be on the basketball court, on the baseball field, just a, a panic, uh, a fear. And now I'm just kind of going through exercises saying, hey, when do I have that feeling in my stomach? Swimming is one of them. So that's something I'm going to lean into this hmm. year. I'm going to lean into some of those feelings so that I can be better equipped to handle them because they're surprises, like you said, uh, before. Is this, a lot of it has to do with just not expecting it. What did it mean for you to be fired, to be let go? Because we, we know what the rock bottom was. We know how you felt about it, but what did it mean to you? I mean, it really made me question my purpose and um, 
and you know, I, I really felt worthless, honestly. And um, in, in, to 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 think I was going to start a business was certainly not a thought uh, at that point, at either point, because I didn't feel like. I mean, people don't want these companies. Don't want me. I'm not good enough. Not, why would I be good enough to start my own business? So, I mean, as far as what it meant, I mean, it's, com- it's a huge shot to the ego, to my self-esteem, to my self-worth. As you listen to yourself saying that, what do you what do you think about that? As you reflect on it, is it is it made up? in your head yeah look looking back it's silly because I was not a good employee yeah I was laid off I should have been laid off and also they're doing me a favor because none of this stuff happens without me getting laid off and I say it both times because the first time was useful since I did like consulting work that I've never done before so they created great opportunities. I certainly didn't see that at the time. I mean, if you were to probably look back at my Facebook page and I may have been saying all the right things and being positive or whatever, but I certainly didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like I had the world of opportunities available to me. Um, looking at it now, I'm grateful, really, really grateful that it all happened because I never could have like reached any kind of potential working for somebody else. I, I just, I never got a lot out of it. I never enjoyed it. Even, you know, I don't want to go too far, but that MBA job, which is the most amazing job ever, I did enjoy it, but I still never reached my full potential there. I, I just wasn't the best employee. So I like where you're going about reaching the full potential because I'm working with what I would call a, stre- a stretch coach. And he doesn't know his label is this, but he's a stretch coach for me. And think hmm, kind of a business coach, but one that just kind of stretches you beyond where you think your potential is. And he asked me a question a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, what sports did you play in high school or when you were young? And which ones would you like to play today? Like literally play today. And I picked a sport <laughs> that I left a lot of plays on the court, meaning I never reached my potential playing basketball. And I played basketball and golf and um, pretty good at both, but I left a lot of plays on, on the court. So I just liked even thinking about what would motivate me and why. And when I just heard you say that about the NBA, same thing. I think you, you probably did leave a lot of plays on the court because you didn't, you know, didn't stay long enough or whatever. Well, well I won't even answer for you. Why, why do you feel like you didn't reach your potential there? I feel like any, and so this, this applies to sports too. Like any time <clears throat> um, I have someone telling me what to do, and I, now don't take it the wrong way, is like, I've always wanted to be my own boss and to tell other people what to do. It's not that at all. It's like, but whenever um, I'm I'm part of a group where um, I'm not 
really every, every action I, I I make is dependent upon someone directing me. Um, I become lazy and um, not nearly as effective as I could be. Um, so that that would be working. That would be you know playing baseball. Um, now, if I ever you know uh, reached a situation working for a company where I had a, a serious level of almost entrepreneurship or you know freedom and whatnot to create, you know, maybe would have been different. The uh, NBA job was as close as I got because I, I was able to say I, I like I think this would be a good idea to create this game. Let's go create it. But even then, it was there was always somebody with deadlines and budgets and guidelines yeah. for me. Oh, that makes sense. All right, so reeling us back in, we're talking about rock bottom. We're talking about when you got laid off, how you felt, and what it meant to you. Now, let's kind of lean into it as if it was today, if you got laid off today. this next, These next couple questions for me, I designed them to gain, could, could, is it truly rock bottom? You know, could it be worse? Oh yeah. How how could it have been worse for for you at that time when you got laid off? <laughs> oh, there are so many things that could be worse. I mean, we could have had no money in the bank when I got laid off. We had money in the bank, so I could. It wasn't a ton, but it was enough. We could plow through that before we started, you know, having to rely on credit cards and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's one thing, but. You know, we got our health. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got an understanding wife who's supportive, and, um, and that wouldn't doesn't isn't necessarily going to be the case. I had supportive family and friends. It could have been a whole. I, I could be could have been living in a third world country and where there are actual problems. I mean, it it always could have been a whole. Yeah, and and I bring that up because I think it's really important as if for anyone who's listening or watching, and they feel like they're at rock bottom right now, and it's vital that you take a deep breath and get an understanding of, you know, how it could be worse, and it can, it can for sure. Now, on the flip side of that coin, on being worse. As you reflect on it, how could that rock bottom could have gotten, how could it have gotten better? As you look at what you learned or what you've learned about yourself in handling rock bottoms, you know, how could it be better? Well, I mean, it's it's tough to say because what I know now just wouldn't be ap- applicable then. Like, I couldn't say, oh, I know it's going to be okay. It would be all be false confidence. Um, because I had, I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't know that I could start my own business, and and saying that I could was lying to myself because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I I, I don't know. I mean I <clears throat> I don't know how I could have looked at it differently without kind of uh, looking at it with rose colored glasses. Um. Uh, and because all the things that have happened since 
and the, you know, the, like if getting if something bad happened today, I'd have confidence that I'd be able to turn things around because of the experiences I've had since those last two layoffs. But th- that doesn't happen, you know, seven yeah. years ago, six well, and a half years ago. So I get that. I get where you're at and thinking, okay, you can paint a, a prettier picture, put rose-colored glasses on. Forget all that. What did you do so that you started climbing? So let's assume that rock bottom is a pit. You're in it. And yeah. what what did you do? What did you let <clears throat> go of so that you could start climbing again? Yeah, I, I mean, so now thinking back to my first answer, maybe I can change. I mean, I could I could act. I can do something because <clears throat> I had a lot of um, uneventful days where I felt lazy. I felt uninspired. I felt like a failure. I didn't know didn't know what to do, where to start. I wasn't. I didn't care. I'm not saying you should never have those days. Because sometimes just having a lazy day, it's okay. But when you have lazy day after lazy day after lazy day, which is, I was having a little bit of that, uh, it could be a problem. So I think how I got out of it was being active by creating, even though, you know, it may have just been very small progress by creating whatever I created. But it was progress. And it was was learning something, learning from what worked and what didn't. Um, That's ultimately what has helped me grow what would you say is the biggest action that you took what were you willing to do that probably a lot of people weren't or aren't willing to do well I think there were two actions I mean the first was just creating my my website it wasn't a good website but I created it, <clears throat> and it was a start. Um, so just doing that action is something that most people wouldn't have done, especially, I mean, these days it, it seems easier than ever, but six and a half years ago, not so much. Um, so that was the first action, and then the next action, what was it, 10 months later or whatever that was, or maybe later, longer than that, was creating my first product. Um, those are two pretty critical. Well, why did they? Why did those steps matter? Why did Why did the the website and why did creating a product matter to you? Because it's action. It's it's not a matter of worrying how or if or I don't know how to do this or whatever. I'm not good enough. No one's gonna buy it. No one's gonna read my site. No one's gonna visit. It's just whatever. Just do it. I mean, that's pretty much what happened in, in both situations. Mm, got it. Now, there was a missing part that I was I, was, I would have guessed wrong, or I did guess wrong on what you were gonna say. And it leads me into the support. Like, what was the support that you had at that time when you started climbing, when you were experiencing rock bottom? What, what was the support that you had? Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that Lisa wasn't on me make me feel guilty about not having a job i mean she was trying to be <clears throat> she would try to be helpful and like send me you know links to job openings and stuff like that but it's never a matter of dude what's your deal need to get out there need to get a job now um 
because she knew I was also picky at the time too, and I'm glad I was. Um, so that's, that's the first thing, but you know, it's also the beauty of Facebook at the time when it all happened. The the amount of support you get when you when you share that something like that happened. I mean, that was really really instrumental to just staying up and getting through it all um, knowing that and people trying to help me too so trying to connect me with people that you know maybe at an interview or something or you know there's this person looking for that and um, and a lot of actually some of a lot of my early connections especially locally it's just because people cared and wanted yeah. to help yeah so one you know one thing that shows up for me as I hear you and for those that are in a rock bottom moment because it is just a moment it's temporary um, asking for help asking for help is really important because I know that when we started talking John it was right after the you being laid off you know I remember talking to you, you know, like figuring out, okay, here's what happened. What do you want to do? And I think for people who are at their rock bottom, getting an understanding of, you know, how they're feeling, what's it mean to them, how it could be worse, um, and what do you have to do? You know, what do you have to do and who, who what support do you need? Like that, that's really vital to in an entrepreneur's life and everyday life. If, if somebody's feeling at a rock bottom, that, that it's it's super important to to ask for help. Was your, was that a gut instinct for you to ask for help when you experienced the, the layoffs? Man, it's, it's so tough to remember some of these things, but I, as far as asking for help, a lot of help came without asking. Um, but certainly I'm sure I reached out to people <clears throat> who I felt like could help. And when I say help is like trying to find job opportunities. Um, and, and I mean, that's, that's why <clears throat> I did anything. Like one of the first things I did, I don't remember, it was two, three months in, I did a quick consulting gig for Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. And that was because, you know, we're, close to the family um, uh, in particular I knew Jay Scott who's um, the dad and the, when I say the dad Alex's dad started Alex's Laminated Stand Foundation and he knew I was out of work and he also thought that maybe I could help him and so you know that, that was really important but otherwise you know I would reach out to people who were who I knew who were former bosses or whatever um and they were always gracious to kind of put me in contact with other people and in a lot of cases it was unproductive didn't get me yeah but i say unproductive i mean ultimately i didn't end up working for anybody but at least it it allowed me to be active and to think through these things talk through these things these opportunities and what you know whether it made sense or not as opposed to just sitting around feeling sorry for myself yeah, no, I, I like hearing the wins because as you're saying that, there's small wins that lift you up, that get you out of that pit. And the wins only happen when you do something, when you 
start swinging, yeah. start doing, you know, action. And that would be, as I reflect back on it, when I've had rock bottom moments, it has been truly a belief set that says this is temporary, this will get better, and the only way it's going to get better is if I do something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever thinking that yeah. way. Um, I, I feel, I just feel really lucky that it all ended up okay because I... I, I mean, I don't recall when it was that I felt like everything was going to be all right. I mean, certainly there was progress over the year. Um, I mean, it was probably around the time. It seriously might have been close to a year later, though, when selling that first product and saw that people actually bought it um, and that I might actually be able to get to the point where I can match what I was making before, which wasn't all that great, but it also wasn't working at McDonald's. So, um, and that was my main goal is replacing that old revenue so that Lisa could continue to, you know, work at the kids' schools and all that kind of stuff. And like the, the, the biggest fear I had is she was going to have to go find a job, which I did not want her to have to do. Um, yeah, so it, I think I think there was certainly progress throughout the year where I felt better. Is, you know, I think is once I actually saw some money coming in, saw the interest, saw the power of some of the things that I was building over the year um, provide results. Then it was all yeah. up from there. Yeah. So that's the last questions I had. Those are the last questions I had for you. So that I just went took you through the rock bottom worksheet. We. Again, stated where what the current rock bottom was, and it wasn't current, but it was the past. We understood how you felt about it, what it meant to you, how it could be worse, how it could be better, and, and what you needed to do to lift yourself up, and why the steps mattered, and then whatever additional support you would need. So, uh, we've got to figure out when we start shipping these worksheets to people. Yeah, but. Um, that's it. That, that's what I wanted to walk you through. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can use that for a lot of purposes. I mean, I, I think another rock bottom for me would certainly been when Michael was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer um, way back when, what, 2003? And <clears throat> it's like, how do you deal with that? Well, I think uh, that's where you definitely need to reach out and get help. And um, can't just sit around feeling sorry for yourself. But yeah, I mean, that's why I even look at my entrepreneurial rock bottom. It's no rock bottom, man. I mean, we talk about could it have been worse? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking life and death here. Um, and those types of moments will be there. So um, that's been an uplifting episode, JR. <laughs> I hope I still provide it. <laughs> well, I, don't, I wasn't trying to bring you down. I, I wanted to get you to reflect on your capability. How you handle your rock bottom is a capability. It's a leadership skill. And even you, the way you just stated that it's not life or death, at those times, the way that you handled it then, it felt like life or death. So it's nice to see progress and then how you will handle the next setback. Because 
we just shifted from rock bottom to setback because that's really what it is. It, it was just a setback. And then the beauty of it is it set you back to move forward. Like this business does not exist if you don't get fired. So it's as, as those that are listening to this, just know that there is bigger purpose. Like I look at every layoff that I've had, right sighting, I would call it, right? Because it put me on the right side of where I should have been and, and where I'm at today. So uh, it's super important just to kind of get rid of that rock bottom thinking and just call it a setback. Absolutely. Man, I don't, <clears throat> I, I often wonder what would I be doing right now if I hadn't been laid off, you know? <laughs> and I wouldn't be, ha- I don't think I'd be nearly as happy and satisfied um, as I am now. I mean, it's a different life. Like, who knows? I mean, I could be at the top of some company or something. I don't know if I doubt it, because again, I wasn't the best employee, but it's still, it could have been my happy, whatever that definition of happy was. And, um, but we always seem to dread these um, life-changing moments and and do everything we can to avoid them. The reality is without those life-changing moments, yeah, without Michael getting sick, that completely changed my life and our lives and his life and the, the perspective we had and what we take for granted and what we don't, what we find important. I'm a different person if that rock bottom doesn't happen. Yeah. This business doesn't happen if those the, the layoffs didn't happen. Just going through it would be just going through life, you know, kick you know, kicking the can down the road. You know, it's so it's I think we need to embrace these big life changing moments that are difficult, but without them we don't get true change. Hashtag embrace the setbacks. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's that's all I that got. All got. I think it, you know it's it's uplifting how you kind of wrapped it up because it it is something of acknowledging that it will get better no matter what. On that note, did you finish your oh, better I beer? But I, I'm okay with not finishing it. <laughs> so that that's the rules. Yeah, I'll finish it later. Yeah, I guess, you know, probably not the best theme for <laughs> this episode. Slam that beer. All right. Well, I've called the bartender over for the tab. Got to pay for this eight-ounce uh, Bud Light and uh, your Miller Light. So it's happy hour, too, so it's like a nice. quarter apiece. Uh, but thanks again for being Thank on, you. JR. Where can people find you? At Backup CEO on Twitter. It's easy enough. Thank Thanks, sir. Uh, until next time, do awesome things. We are out.